Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. This week, we're just going to have me and Kelly on. It's our weekly roundup. Let's get started. Oh my God, why does this week feel like it's should be over like tomorrow? It feels like it's Thursday and you're doing another project. Oh, I... <laughs> I'm doing, well, you got a minus. So you have a real job. Like when I say real, I mean, you have a job that you get paid a salary and you have to give them 40 hours of your time. Right. I don't, I get paid per class to teach Ariel, but I am, I've gotten to the point where I'm really trying to get all my products out in 2021. Like, that's my goal. Like, I have a book coming out on July 1st. What is the book? I didn't even know this. It's called Understanding Aerial Silks. It's, it's, okay. all, it's all the wrap your head around silks. All I'm talking about is the wrap your head around silks business, which is right. my online aerial business. So that is what I spend most of my time on. And the other podcast is in that world too. Which, okay. is like, which is why I'm so glad we have greener grass because if I just had to talk about Ariel 24-7, yeah, that's too much. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much to talk. It's My dad was saying when, you know, he's on my email list, he's like, I never imagined there's so much to talk about. <laughs> but, I know, I think it's crazy. But you know what though? Like you have a niche. Your niche is beauty. Your niche is like if you were to hashtag all of your stuff, like beauty, yeah. sales, confidence building, empowerment of women. I mean, you could talk about that forever. You could write 15 books on that. Right. Yeah. So same thing, but less. It's more niche. It's super, you know, a, a small slice of the the world cares. Right. Yeah. I feel like it. it's good and either is good and bad. Yeah. I mean, fr- from a business standpoint, I've always heard from people giving advice that like niching down is the way to go unless you're like Amazon and then you can niche, then you go, you know, go across where you build businesses and you get bigger. But for people like me, I need to get more specific. I think I'm just completely amazed. Well, I'm amazed by you. I think that you and I, we talk about this all the time. You and I are going on all cylinders all the time. And I don't think it's because for any other reason that that's the way we work. I'm not forcing it on myself. I always say with the business of, you know, um, direct selling or network marketing that normally the people that excel at it are the people that already are doing 10 things. It's someone that's a nurse, has four kids works at their church. They're always doing like so many things. And one, that's why they have a huge network and they can, they can sell something. And two, it's, they're not afraid to take on one more thing. Um, but I felt super crazy today, which is why I went to hot yoga tonight because I needed to just like be and centered and sweat my butt off and just like clear my mind in a lot of ways. But the whole time I was there, my mind was going 50 miles an hour, of course. And I was thinking about a lot of times when I'm stressed out, I totally, in some ways, bring it on myself because I am working all day and I think I need to be super mom and 
do this and that and drive here and there and all over the place and maybe drive to Detroit and see my boyfriend. And a lot of times I bring on my craziness, but that's how I'm happy. Even though I'm complaining about it right now, because I'm like, I felt crazy today and I felt twirling and like I was spinning in, in my head because I was so crazy. Uh huh. I excel in life. And I, if when I don't have something to do, I plan 10 things. I don't know how to not have things to do. You know, we're so similar, Kelly, because like my best friend here, Meredith, she checks me all the time. She's like, you just told me you were burnt out. You just told me you're burnt out and you're not doing any self-care and I'm just keeping you accountable. So it, for me, it's almost like an obsessive thing. Like my dad has it. It's basically workaholic. Um, Ace is the same way. He's the exact same way. So like when him and I really feed off of each other, like it's both. It's an amazing energy because it's so productive. But on the other end, you know, you do need to take care of yourself. You can't just run yourself into the ground, which is why I'm glad you went to yoga, even though it is expending more energy, more calories. It's so, um, you know, it's good for the body and soul. You know, Kel, you were talking about, we were talking about um, just kind of our, our style of life. Yes. And you were talking about stress. I wrote down, I was like, I have to tell Kelly, I've been having the most insane stress dreams. Do you have stress dreams? Um, you don't know. I don't know if I ever categorized them as stress dream. This is how I define a stress dream. It is a particular set of dreams that is recurring in my life and it changes over time. But one stress dream that has always come back is I'm trying to get to the stage with my makeup and costume and I just can't get there. Okay. Like I, I forgot my lashes and my fishnets. I forgot my tap shoes. I am in car in the car and I'm in traffic and the show starts in five minutes. I, <laughs> you're going to laugh. Like I'm backstage and it's like, um, it's like a labyrinth to get to the stage. Yes. Whatever. A thousand things. Yeah. And then the other one that's recurring is I'm packing to get on a plane and I can't pack for some reason. Like nothing will go in the bag fast enough or I can't get to the airport on time or something. And it's like, I wake up from the stream and I'm like, so glad that I woke up because I can stop doing whatever I'm doing. Yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I have this, like, I kind of feel, I don't know about a lot about dreams and the psych psychological stuff behind it, but from what I've gathered, people have told me that, when your brain is working something out. So this usually happens when I'm going through something where I have to do mental gymnastics to kind of like get on the other side of it or emotionally get over it. Mm -hmm. I have dreams like this on those days. Okay. So is this, is this currently happening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I had a scenario where people that I thought loved and cared about me were talking kind of crap about me. Okay. And I kind of got wind of it and it just really hurt. Right. Are these friends, family, or do you not want to say? No, I'm not going to say. And, you know, it was one of those situations where it's kind of the mob mentality where one person suggests something and then it's just like, it keeps on going. Like people are venting about you. Right. 
And um, so I oddly have a similar situation going on right now. Oh, no. It's possible that I'm on the East Coast and you're on the West Coast. I'll make it brief because there's no point in really talking about it. But obviously, I moved companies. I have a million relationships. And I think there are like, there's just buzz around the fact that some of the people that sold at the other company are coming to the new company. But it's not because of anything that I have done, said, like, I am super um, respectful about people, their businesses, what they want out of life. Like, I would never ever do anything like that. But I just of obviously catching wind of people that were friends with me and loved me that I am hearing winds that they, you know, are just talking crap, I guess, about where I'm at, what company I went to, what I'm doing, am I doing this? Am I doing that? And it is annoying because I feel like these people know me and love me. Well, I thought they knew me and love me. And like, you don't really know who I am in general that I would never do that. Part of the reason I felt like I needed to go to hot yoga tonight was to remind myself that to stay centered, to be present, to know who I am and what I'm doing, and that all the buzz and all the people that I felt like were really good friends of mine who are questioning who I am and what I'm doing and what, how I work business and the relationships I have... Um, that I need to let that go because technically that's their deal. It comes back to that whole thing that we learned in one of our podcasts, like what's mine, what's yours. And I feel like I was taking on all of this buzz that I'm hearing like emotionally and kind of feeling hurt by it. And I feel like I just have to let it go because I know that I'm doing the right things. I'm not doing anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And actually... I thought to myself, Kelly always says, what other people think about you is none of your business. Yes. I was like, just keep it in mind because the thing that I came across, it's like, I have to be aware that the bigger my exposure gets, so kind of like what we're talking about, Rob, celebrity, the word to me is not about like Kim Kardashian famous. It's about exposure. How many people are you exposed to where they, you know, in your position, you're exposed to a lot of people. A lot. And I am increasingly becoming exposed to more people. My Instagram platform is growing, which is wonderful. I work hard to get it there because then I can find my community, like all these aerialists around the world. That's why I do it so that I can reach out to these people. Basically, the goal is to like, be connected to everybody that's interested in this one small niche topic. And so as I get more exposed and I'm exposed on Facebook, even people out there who don't have jobs like you and I are exposed on Facebook. Like people were connected and the more that grows, the more you're susceptible to people's thoughts and feelings. I have to, I have to say when I'm trying to become, you know, have some grace around it. I'm just glad that I'm an adult. You know, I'm just glad that I'm not a kid in high school who's dealing with the same kind of thing because I can handle it now, even though, you know, 
you have to do the hot yoga and the meditation and the self-talk. You know, part of the people that I like bringing on are like um, the people that lift other people. Yes. What is the saying that I heard a long time? I'm sure I've said it on here before. Don't um, gravitate towards the basement dwellers. Gravitate, gravitate towards the people on the balconies who are reaching down for you. Yeah. And yeah, I think even in this scenario and all scenarios, it reminds me just like there's space for all of us. Yep. <laughs> like There's space for everyone to live their life, follow their dreams, figure it out. Everybody is figuring it out every day. And like, why make someone else's life day journey harder by sticking your nose over there and trying to figure out what they're doing and why they're doing it. Like I've got enough of over here in my own space, even getting divorced, you know, I feel like looking back, like, and listen, I'm not saying every relationships, there's two sides and everyone has their own part and piece to the situation. I'm not take, not taking any blame for anything, but what was his and what was mine at that time too? I don't even understand why people bother. How do people have to... You know why we why we don't do this? Because we have so many things on our plate and are doing 10 million things um, that we don't have time to worry about what everyone else is doing and sticking our nose in their lives. Yeah. Okay. So Asa, you know, when I was... I always call it mental gymnastics, yeah. like doing the work inside of my brain to reframe it, to look at things differently so I can be settled in it and move on with my day, move on with my week. Right. Asa said to me, you cannot trip up and spend time worrying about people who are thinking at a level that's way frequency wise, that's way beneath where you want to be standing. Right. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. Like you got to feel those feelings and then get up out of there because, you know, he'd ask me like, how much work do you have to do this week to to get to the goal that you want to get to? And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm my own business. I could, I could work 24 hours a day and still have more because my goals are high. Right. I'm not also not saying just ignore it because that stuff will bubble up anyway. Like you have to deal with it. You have to deal with whatever it is. But, you know, in Ace's way, do it quick and move on because you don't have time to waste. You know, I was thinking about just this year and what we've gone through. The business, my business stuff, and this is you and I too, with Grand Rev and Greener Grass, like don't let the ideas just live in my brain where no one can find out about them. Right. They have to be out there. I have to... I have to produce something so that the world can see what I'm working on and what is in my brain. And if I don't do that, it literally lives in my brain and that's it. It doesn't live in the actual world. So unless I put it out there, that's what it is. And so that's why we just do it. I have always heard that the more you grow and the more you get out of your comfort zone, the more people will watch question I don't I don't know if say thinking you're crazy is the wrong word way to say it but like I think when people don't feel comfortable getting out of their comfort zone um 
And you know, every time you're out of your comfort zone, you're growing, right? So I feel like when people see someone that are constantly pushing the envelope or doing something new or taking on one more thing, or that's all growth and development. And I think people question it and look at it. And that means you're, I always feel like that means I'm doing something right. That means that I'm shaking things up a little bit. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And for me, I don't know what people necessarily think. Maybe they think like in this world, like, I don't know, you're trying to get attention by doing all this stuff. But from my end, I don't have a job. So if I don't do these things, I don't have, I don't have money. Right. And if I'm going to build my own business, I have to, I, I literally, this was my answer to retirement. Right. I have to do all this stuff. And if I don't, because I'm not in a situation, number one, that I'm quote unquote taken care of, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not in that situation and neither do I want to be in that situation. Right. So if I am honest with myself, you know, I don't have a 401k. I don't have money coming in when I'm building these products. When I'm building it, there's no money coming in. It's all going out. Right. So to get past that, to get past that point, you just have to, you just have to get it done. Right. You know, so, because I'm very wealthy in a lot of ways, not necessarily financially. Right. <laughs> and I, I, I don't, and that's not for anybody to, to feel sad for me. Like I've never, I've come from a family that has, you know, I, we always had plenty of money. So I don't really live that way. I don't live check to check and I don't live in that mindset. I live in a really, in, in a wealthier mindset. Like I know I have ways to make money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm making checks every week. Right. Depending on what work. I mean, Burger King, come through, you know? Yeah, when does, like, <laughs> how does that work? Not that I need to know, but like, so you don't get paid, like right when you do it, you have to wait for the check. So you get paid for your time that you spend on set. So I got paid my day rates. Okay. If the commercial never played, then that's what I would have gotten paid for that project. One, because I see it like every five seconds. <laughs> Carrie, I, where was I? I, I was, oh my God. <laughs> I said something about my podcast and I said, oh, my friend Carrie. And they were like, how, you know, backstory. And I'm like, well, listen, she actually was just in, I was like, have you seen the chicken Burger King commercial about the dream? And they were like, oh yeah, yeah. Like everybody has seen that commercial probably 10 times a day. So I hope that means you're getting a big fat chicken Burger King com commercial paycheck. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I don't watch sports and I don't watch regular TV. I like watch HGTV. I'll watch the news and then recently like a lot of the Olympic channel for all the trials. Yeah. And on those stations, you don't, you don't get any fast food commercials at all. Right. I think you kind of have to be watching sports to see these commercials. Maybe. Oh, well, I told you that the night that I was out with the guys. Yes. At the, yeah. At the sports bar. I have Hulu, Netflix, like that whole deal. So I also don't get commercials, but I was trying to think, why have I seen this so many times? But it's because we it's hockey Stanley cup time and we're right. constantly here there and roosters wherever like watching the playoff games. And so 
Yeah, it's a big deal. You're, I think it's going to go well for you. And has anybody tried this damn sandwich? Is it good? I have not tried it. I haven't tried it. I also haven't tried the Popeyes. And I feel like the Popeyes, the Popeyes chicken sandwich, like there are people lined up for that sandwich. Like still. I, I've never had the Popeyes chicken sandwich either. I don't know if there's a Popeyes in Ohio. Is there? Is that a West Coast thing? I think that must be a West Coast thing. Okay. Popeye's is big out here. And actually Popeye's chicken is actually really good. Like they're fried chicken. Okay. Like if you compare a KFC to Popeye's and hands down Listen, Popeye's. This is where we're going. KFC, Burger King, Popeye's. <laughs> At this point in time though, I think you should be all in on the Burger King one. <laughs> Just to be- I mean, okay. So basically quarterly, uh, my union will send me, I'll get residual checks from SAG-AFTRA. Okay. And so I got a sag after check. It came in the other day, but I was like, it's too soon. And then I opened it and it was for a job that I, you know, it was like for $2 and 50 cents yeah. and they were like 57 cents for like this job I did like 18,000 yes. years ago. So I was, I was like, okay, Carrie, don't jump out of your skin. It's too early. It's too early. Like it's like months have to go by blah, 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 blah. So <clears throat> That is why like booking something like that is so wonderful because it allows me a little breathing space to get some income while I'm doing all this work. Because even as fast as I do it, think about not having income for like that 80 hour work week that, that I'm, you know, doing Yeah, listen for months. I think you hustle so hard. I also think you're so, I, I mean, I think you're the real brilliant one of this equation right here. Um, And so I I think like, I I mean, okay, I'm not going to take that credit, but I do have skill sets because I'm a business owner and I do my own online business, like video editing, sound editing, audio editing, build my own website, you know? So I have those skills, which helps Kelly and I, and helps Kelly not have to learn these things because you know, if you work for a company and you have a job like Kelly, like why you don't need to learn how to build your own website. Okay, so I like have a question though, because this is, and this is saying something, uh, I don't know if this is really smart about me or if this is a negative, but I don't like to learn things that I don't want to have to do. <laughs> I mean, isn't that true for everybody though? I don't know. I think there are go-getters out there that just like bite the bullet and they're like, no, like I have to know how to do this. And I feel like I have to be pushed into a corner on certain things because (laughs) I know what I like to do. I mean, listen, it's one of the reasons that I moved jobs. I know my skill set. I know what I rock at. I love what I do. Why would I start doing something that I don't like, doesn't bring me joy, and is hard for me? And takes me 40 minutes when it would take someone else 10. Like I'm at a point in my life, if I have the opera, if I have the ability, you know what I mean? Like if I obviously have four kids, like if I was pushed into a corner and I had to do something I didn't want to do, I would totally obviously do it. But if I have the ability to do the things that bring me joy and are in my skill set naturally and that I love doing, why, why would I learn to do the other thing? I'll give you an example, but this is a non-work example because I have lots of examples within work. Um, 
But okay. like, I used to hate cooking. Now there's a lot of long stories how I got to that space, but I have always hated cooking. I have never... You you like to do things that you're good at. No one's ever really liked my cooking. Um, but Jeff eats my food and he appreciates, oh, look at he that. appreciates my food. He also is someone that very eats very clean. So it's not like I'm doing anything over the top insane because we're talking like chicken, broccoli, like he eats really clean. But it makes me because he appreciates it and he eats everything I make and he never says anything. It makes me try harder. It makes me want to do it. And so I'm cooking more than I ever have because now I want to do it. Where before I was like, yeah, I don't want to learn. I don't care. It's I'm too impatient. It's the last thing that I'm going to do. Like I'm not a cook. That's not what I want to do. Um, so I feel like I have transitioned a little bit in that space, but at work, like I am a people person. Like I love people. I want to talk to people. I want to coach people. I want to train people. Um, and I am not always good at the systems, the details, all of the back office stuff. Yeah. And I also think there's absolutely nothing wrong with if you're that busy and there's a list of things that you don't want to do. You don't want to use your time. There's nothing wrong with throwing some money at that. I, I think when it's a life thing, when it comes to me, it depends on the necessity of it. Like I don't, I didn't want to learn any of this stuff really like sound editing, video editing, how to build a website. But it became very obvious that I, if I did that, I would have a lot more at my disposal, which is why I bet the bullet. Right. Like it just makes my life just having to wait on somebody else to do something for you. Yes. And then it's not done the way you want it. To me, that's not worth it. And that's probably the controlling part of me because I'm very, you know, I have anxiety problems. Like I get controlling about stuff like that. And when you have your own business, you can't learn how to do everything, but the things that you care about that quality wise, for me, it was just worth it. Right. So I think that's slightly different than what you're talking about because with cooking, cooking, I feel like that love and support that he gives you by enjoying the food that you put in front of him because cooking is a love language to me. It's not a task. Okay. So listen, I have never, because I know the, like I'm all about the love languages for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. How, like, so would that be acts of service? Yeah. And caring because like, um, my mom, that's one of her, that's probably her biggest love language. Like when she wants to show love for somebody, she cooks for them. And she doesn't know how to communicate that necessarily, but that's what she'll, that's what she did for us. She cooks for my dad three times a day and she complains about it, but that's her love language. So she doesn't also view it that way. It's not like she's like, this is my love language. I'm going to do it. Like she's not that generation anyway. They don't talk about love languages. Right. But that is what it is. And so I kind of, that probably rubbed off on me. And so cooking for my family, cooking for myself even becomes that. It becomes, uh, I want to care for you because I love you. And that's why I'm doing this. And so I think that, 
it all comes together differently for me because I consider it an act of service, an act of love versus like, oh my God, I have to put something on this plate because they have to eat something. Right. You know, I have a random question and this is just your headspace is very busy because you are, you know, trying, you're running an empire. You're a hard over the top hustler. You also have a small, small human being. Um, (laughs) Toddler. Toddler. So you're over the top crazy all the time. Um, And I feel like my head is always busy too in a million different places. I don't know if this sounds horrible, but when I'm teaching ballet, sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, I have a blank notebook that I take to dance and I set it. We have like a little desk in the corner. I set it in the corner because for some reason... Like you have thoughts that you have to write down because then you're going to forget it later, but it was about something else. Yes. And there are always things that I want to do or are important or... um or I say something to them that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a thing that I want to remember I said so that I can post it or I can... But I have a million things in my mind at all times. Aaron King, when I was doing his yoga class and that whole thing, he was like, you need to find stillness. You need to find a space of quiet and you need to learn how to be more present in the moment. And I do agree with being present in the moment. Like I need to push to do that because I want people to feel my presence. But I also just think that's not the way my brain works. I don't know that I will ever have a space where my mind is just still... I I guess if I really worked on meditation for a really long time, maybe I could get to that space. But I almost love that I have 10 million thoughts a day about things I want to do, things I want to say, directions I want to push people in the business. I like that that's who I am. I think that you can be present and do the same thing. I I disagree with uh, the statement that some people say that you have to not think about anything else to be present. I don't think you and I are so similar. I do the same thing, except I have a laptop open when I'm teaching. Yeah. And I'll just type in on my notes on my on my Mac notes, if I think of something. But when I'm teaching, I really am present with them. And then if I think of something, I'll just wait for a moment where they're doing a transition, like they're transitioning and somebody's down and about to go up. So I'm able to do that. I think that's my personal trainer brain where I'm counting like 10 repetitions and I'm talking to them at the same time. Yes. I'm sure you do it in ballet where you're talking and then you're giving them notes, like point your toes, five, six, you know, that rhythm that you and I are probably really good at over time. Because when you teach dance, when you teach Pilates, you're having a conversation with them and then you're not losing. Well, I always end up giving them more reps, but it's kind of on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) But Yeah, yeah. So I think because of that, And then when I'm actually on the fabric, I have to say this. People have said this about horseback riding and some activities. There are some activities, physical activities that I cannot do with any of the thoughts in my mind. And one of them is Ariel. Okay. When I am up there, I don't have any of those thoughts coming in. It is the most grounding. It's weird that it's grounding because it's up in the air. It's the only thing that I've been able to do that does that for me. Dancing. Some like 95%, but dancing, I can still be dancing and thinking about is things. Is that because your life is 
Yes. Like, is hanging. Yeah, you yeah. can't screw that crap up. But I mean, professionals, we do it all the time. So you can imagine after you get good enough that you might wander a little bit and be able to do both at the same time. For me, it's, it's the only thing that automatically shuts everything else out. And I don't have to consciously shut it out. It just happens. The first time I saw someone doing um, silks was pink in concert. Oh my God. What a lucky girl. I've never seen that concert live. Obviously because of dance. I was like completely in awe, like just floored. Like I love that she is real, a powerhouse. Like she's just like a block of muscle. That's what I feel like when you see her, like she just looks like a block of muscle. I don't, I don't know that all of it she sings and she does Ariel at the same time, but some of that's for sure live. You can tell. Yes. Yes. Do you think that all strong aerialists zone into that moment? Or do you think that's just something that you do? Because obviously for Pink, she has to sing. Well, and that's what makes it so impressive. I don't know. I think it's impressive regardless of how much you know about it. But it's so impressive because she has not been training forever. You know, like she has a good amount of training, but it's not like that's what she focuses on every day. And for her to be able to have the spatial awareness, do all the things and sing the impressiveness is off the charts, even from a professional standpoint. Um, and then also her choreographer, who's uh, Drea Weber. Okay. So she choreographs pink so that she can safely sing and do the area. Got it. So she's not doing the most, but she's doing, you know, what's possible as you're still singing, but still so freaking impressive. I, it is. I just watched the documentary, her documentary oh, cool. too, um, which it was about her, like all things, all parts of the concert. But I feel like, um, so do you think like when you're training people, do you ask them to like be zoned in or do you think that's just a per- total personal thing? When I'm thing? giving advice, not in the classroom, like when I'm writing a blog that comes up almost every other time, like be aware, be present, be aware, be present. You can't be thinking about what you're going to get at the grocery store when you're up there. But I have to say when I'm teaching students in person, there's not a lot of that happening. Like we're all really focused. Yeah, You know, there's lives at the line on the line and we don't think about it so seriously. I think of that. If you thought to yourself, my life is on the line every second, you'd be, you wouldn't be able to do it. Right. You know, there has to be a bit of a safety around it. Like you feel safe. It's a safe space. You feel good with the apparatus. You feel good with the mat. The way I teach is like, okay, this is safe. If you do one, two, and three. Yeah. Like, obviously don't let go, but don't let go of this hand while you're doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, I have one story before you jump off and go to sleep in a in a in a just a pile of tiredness. Yes. A sculptor from like north of LA wants to do a sculpture of an aerialist and needs kind of like a working model. He's this older, tall guy, and he's got these big blue eyes, and he's like, Whoa, this is so cool. We get through I don't know, most of the session, he's taking pictures of these poses that I'm doing. And then we keep on talking and I'm like, yeah, you know, what else do you do? He's like, I live on a farm. I haven't left the farm the whole pandemic, but I'm an actor too. And I come down to LA when I absolutely have to. I'm like, cool. Would I have seen you in anything? He's like, well, you might be too young. I was like, I don't look, I look younger than I am. (laughs) Yeah. 
you know, I told him my real age. He's like, right. and he's like, well, yeah, then you might've seen this movie. Have you seen that movie called Home Alone? Oh my gosh. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, of course I've seen Home Alone. Everyone has seen Home Alone. Even if you were born 10 years ago, you've seen Home Alone. My kids have yes, seen Home Alone. I'm like, it's a, it's a cult classic. Like you cannot be alive watching TV and not have seen Home Alone. Right. And he's like, I'm in that movie. I'm like, shut the front door. He's the, um, it's Daniel Stern. He's, he is the other thief. He's not Joe Pesci. He's the tall one. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. The bandits. That is so. Yeah. He's older now, obviously. I don't like that movie was 25, 30 years ago, right? Yes. So he's got grandkids. He lives off the grid. I feel like we've been talking to a lot of people who live off the grid recently, (laughs) but yeah. So like I'm working on this project, this like, it it is not a lot of my time. Basically he's now working on the sculpture and then I'm going to, you know, we're going to regroup, help him figure out how to hang this sculpture for this client. So it's going to go into a house. I love it. You know, I live in proximity. This is, this is where all the people live that are on TV. And sometimes you end up working with people randomly. So how crazy. um, So you're going on vacation. We also have some really really amazing guests um, coming up. So really excited, but, you know, go relax. And then, um, okay, you know, hopefully come back refreshed. I think I'll be so refreshed and excited and ready to go. Thanks so much for being with us today. If you go to the show notes, there's a link there and you can subscribe to our list. You'll get a free gift and be first in line for any breaking news that we have. Thank you so much to Asa Watkins for post-production. You can always find us on Instagram at Grand Rev Creative. And if you would honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcasts, it really helps other people find us more easily. And thanks so much for being here. You have been listening to Greener Grass. Okay, I'm laughing right now because I almost, I'm taking a little moment here to say this. I almost texted you because I was thinking about you. I was like, Kelly, if you have to fidget or type or do something with your pen or something, just do it when I'm talking because your track will be out completely. So I have a highlighter in my hand and I was putting the (laughs) highlighter lid on and off. I'm just a total squirrel. Like I have ADD. <laughs> no, I, sitting here and doing this, I just said like I barely watched. Like I run from morning to night, and I was clicking the lid on and off the highlighter. I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I can hear you, but the thing is, I don't want to make you feel like you can't be like have some type of flow when we're sitting here. So this is, this is the rule. As long as I'm talking and you're listening, you can do whatever you want. You could cough your head off. Like I just did. And like you do some jumping jacks and it won't matter. Okay. Just don't do it while you're talking because I can't separate any of those sounds. I just put the (laughs) highlighter pin down. The crazy thing about it is, is I didn't even realize I was doing it. No, you know what though? We have those things. Like if I'm shaking my foot and I'm sitting here, I I will like, I won't know, but somebody else will be like completely irritated if we're sitting at a movie theater.